this episode of My Cat's Tale, let's meet Julie. If I don't take her home, nothing will ever be right with my life ever again. She always just likes to be nearby. I think she likes that comfort of being near someone. She's crazy for a crumpled up piece of paper. That's her really favorite thing. It doesn't get much better than that for her. So joining us now on My Cat's Tale, we have Emma. Hello, Emma. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I've been, I've been doing really well. It's Scotland. Nice. It's sunny. So I do feel a little bit, it's going to rain soon. I, but these things happen. Uh, yeah. And I know you've been listening to some of the shows previously. Yeah. So I listened to the one with Kira and Coke Zero. Kira's a, a close friend of mine. So that was the first one I wanted to listen to. Um, and I, I was just excited to get to share some more stories about my cat, um, sort of in my own words, you know, on her Twitter, it's, it's from her perspective, like the, the spelling and the grammar conventions I've set up for her personality and stuff like that. Um, so I was excited to just get to talk about her more. I could talk about her for hours, for days, really. Tell me about Julie, first of all. Yeah, so I, uh, she's actually sitting right here next to me. We'll see if she makes an appearance. Um, I'm going to try to get her to meow or something. Um, but Julie is my, my only cat at the moment. Um, she's 14 years old. She just turned 14 a couple weeks ago. Happy and I've had to Julie. You know, she says, thank you. Um, I got her when she was about seven. Um, so at this point, I've had her for 50% of her life, uh, which is exciting for me. Uh, she was an owner surrender at um, the Animal Rescue League of Boston, which is a shelter where we live in Boston, Massachusetts, in the USA. Um, and I was a volunteer there at the time. I'm now an employee, but at the time I was a volunteer in the shelter. Um, and I was in for my shift and I saw her. She had come in the day before. And I just felt that there was something really special about this cat. Like I had seen hundreds of cats come in and get adopted. And, and I had never, I mean, I loved them all, but I'd never gotten attached like this to a cat that I just saw. Um, so when she was, you know, approved by the veterinary team and the behavioral team and made available for adoption, I, I asked right away to put her on hold until I could ask my mom to borrow her car so that I could bring her home. So what, does that mean, you know, a fair bit of Julie's story from before you met her? I know, I know a, a decent amount. Um, so I know that she was an owner surrender from a suburb, um, one of the, a little bit more sort of residential and, and rural area. So um, I do believe that she had outdoor access. Um, I think she was an indoor outdoor cat, it sounded like. Um, and she came in with another cat, but it was unclear if they were both house cats together or if one was a stray and Julie was the house cat. Um, there were some questions, questions there on, on her, her friendliness with other felines. They did in the, um, the, the behavioral and the veterinary team noted that she should probably be an only cat and wouldn't want to go to a, into a home with another cat. And I had no pets at the time. I was actually a college student. Um, so that wasn't a problem for me. I, it was just me in my studio apartment. So you say you, you had that immediate attraction connection. Yeah. To, to Julie, was that reciprocated? 
I would like to think so. Because um, I know that I, when my wife and I went to to pick Charlie, well, we didn't specifically go to Charlie, we went to the cat home and mm-hmm. she came running out to us when we said her name was head bumping on the cat. So there was a connection yeah. there. And I'm just wondering if you had a similar thing or it grew over Yeah, time. as much as I chose Julie, I think Julie chose me as well. Um, there are a lot of people who come in and out of the shelter. We have so many volunteers and, and staff and everybody got along really well with her, but we sat together. I brushed her for like an hour and 45 minutes one day. Um, like she just came out of her kennel for me, um, came right up to the front, sniffing me, had butts on my hand, stuff like that. Um, so I, I like to think that she knew right away that we were going to go home together. And I suppose having, you know, at that point volunteering and now working, you must have far more, opportunities to meet and understand and relate to cats who have been given up who have had issues and need to be to be rehomed to have this one stand out to me feels magical it felt I it felt like that it felt magical at the time I, I told my mom when I asked if I could borrow the car um you know I I I said to her I texted her she lived about a half an hour to 45 minutes away from where I went to college. I texted her like, there's this cat. And I feel like if I don't take her home, nothing will ever be right with my life ever again. Uh, I, and my mom is very, my mom is a spiritual person. She's into um, the idea of like the universe drawing pathways for people. Um, and so I, I kind of appealed to her that way. I said, I, I felt like this cat's been given to me as a, as a spiritual gift. The universe is telling me I have to have to take her home. Um, I know I know that she would do well in, in any home. She, I'm looking at her right behind me as well. Um, I, I know she'd do well in any home. Anyone who adopted her would have been lucky to have her. And I'm sure she would have had a great life. But I felt like I could give her something no one else could. Was she a Julie when she was handed in? So her name when she was surrendered was July. Um, and that's still like on all of her papers. I call her July. It's um, J-U-L-Y, like the month. So July 30th, it was 2015 was the day I brought her home. Um, so that, yeah, that's really funny. Um, but yeah, so her, her name when she was surrendered was July. And I believe that's what she'd been called her whole life. As far as we could tell, based on the intake notes, um, she had been with the same family for, for the the previous seven years of her life. She was adopted as a kitten. Um, it was, I think a, a woman had her, had maybe had adult children who visited periodically, but but I think it was just this, this woman. Um, the reason given for surrender was that she was no longer able to stay in her house. Um, so I'm not sure if it was a rental or, or if she had other maybe financial issues with keeping her home, but she was not able to to find a place to live that could accept a cat. So she had to surrender. Um, she made the right choice to, to, to give Julie July um, to, you know, a place that could care for her. And I thank her for that. Um, but her name was July when she was brought in. And I, and I do call her July a lot of the times, but I also call her Julie, Jules, Juju, anything that starts with a J really. Because I'm looking over and it's like, there's an Instagram account, there's a Twitter account. She has yep. a personality out there. None of them spell Julie to say. Yep. So, so her, her online persona, I thought, 
I think that cats having human names or any animal having a human name is pretty funny. Um, so when I made her account, I was like, July is not as funny as Julie in my head. Um, so I went with Julie, but then good girl Julie was already taken on Instagram. So I opted for July that time, <laughs> different accounts. But it's also it's also kind of funny to have it be different every time because part of Julie's online persona is like, she's a cat. She didn't go to school. She can't spell. Um, she's just out there sharing her thoughts with the world. Uh, and if they're not, you know, conforming to the English language and, and the grammar conventions, that's part of what I think makes cat Twitter funny. Um, and I end up using a lot of cat Twitter misspellings and other like phrases in my everyday life. Like I've misspelled simple words in work emails because I'm so used to seeing it written out like S-O-R-E-Y would, it was like, sorry, if a cat was going to apologize. And I've said that in work emails. Um, I've said thanks, T-H-A-M-K-S, uh, instead of thanks. It's, it slips into your daily kind of vernacular. And um, I suppose working around cats in, in the shelter, just, yeah. you know, there, there's less of a, it would be different if you were working in a legal office. Yes. That sort of <laughs> so mental people, separation. It's like, nope, still run cats. They say fams. Yeah, they say, so like when we're with the animals, we, we, we give them voices. We talk for them. We're like, oh, what are you saying? You're saying this? Um, and then, you know, in, in emails, you, you sometimes want to make them a little more clear, but pe people have a pretty good sense of humor at my work. Um, and, you know, we're, it's a, it's a casual set. It's a more casual setting than it would be if it were something like an so, attorney's office. So what is Julie like at home? Not she the Twitter is, Julie. The, the no, the real Julie. Julie who lives in my house. She is, well, it's actually her house and she lets me live here, which is very nice of her, I think. Um, she is the sweetest little girl. So she's not, she's not very physically affectionate, but she's always within two to three feet of me. Um, so if I'm on the couch... She's on the coffee table. If I'm at my desk, she's on the floor at my feet. Um, if I'm in my bed, she's either on the bed just a little bit away from me um, or in, in her bed, which is right next to mine on the floor. Um, so she always just likes to be nearby. I think she likes that comfort of being near someone. Um, and she loves, she does love being petted. She loves scratches on her chin and on her cheeks like this. Um, she loves to be brushed. She has her little routines. Um, we've, we've set up, we set up good morning and nighttime routines for her. So she, she just started uh, a medication twice daily for her thyroid. Um, she is 14. So she's, she's starting to have hyperthyroid. Um, and her, her veterinarian is, you know, keeping an eye on it, really pleased with the way the medication is, has been working. So I'm feeling good about that, but we have her, um, twice daily transdermal gel medication. So it is a, a gel ointment that comes in a click pen um, and you click the bottom of the pen and it disperses the correct amount. Um, so it's pre-dosed per click and then you put it actually on the inside of her ear uh, and it absorbs through her skin into her bloodstream and then, then it affects, affects her thyroid levels. Um, so we have our good little routines and she's She's honestly an angel about taking the medication. Even the first couple of times when I thought it would be really difficult, thought she would not really want to have me up in her ears. Um, she's totally fine with it. I, I talked to her a lot and I explained to her, this is for your health. This is because Dr. Williams wants you to have a healthy thyroid. 
Um, and I, I think she understood. That affection of being close to you. Yeah. When she's coming in for scritches and hair brushing, is that all on her routine? It's just like, nope, you wait till I'm ready. If I get, if I hold the brush up and I show her that I'm holding the brush, she'll come right over and she'll say, oh, you're offering to give me brushes? Like, I'm ready. Um, so there is she, a bit of give she, and take and between yeah, the two. Yeah, we, we have a good, we have a good equal footing relationship where I, I can pick her up and give her snuggles after like maybe 30 seconds, she says, put me down. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of it is on her terms where she's like, Oh, I'm over here and I'm, I have my space and I'm relaxing. But if I were to go over to wherever she's at in the, in the house, it's not a big house. So I can find her within like 10 seconds. Um, I can go over to where she's at and give her pets, give her kisses. Um, I'll pick her up, give her a hug and stuff like that. And she really, she really is, she has a very easygoing temperament. Um, so if I, if I want to throw her over my shoulder and give her a little hug or two, she'll be okay with it. She may say, all right, that's enough. I've had, I've had enough of you, but, but overall she's, she's very relaxed. She's sleeping right now um, with like one arm underneath her chin. Um, so I keep turning back to look at her cause it's so cute. How much of home Julie is part of, online julie i think a fair amount her online persona is is a little bit grumpier in certain ways so she has she has a, a grumpy look but she's really not a grumpy personality at all um so i play that up a little bit where she has pictures where she like has her eyes narrowed or like it's just looking very stoic um she never really gets like that she's not she's not a grumpy cat um it's just another one of those things where i like i find it funny to kind of lean into this persona of her being the grumpy cat, the old, like angry old lady type of thing. Cause you know, another part of her, part of her personality is being 14 years old, <laughs> just getting towards elderly. If you could, you know, when I get her, when I bring her into the vet, it's for a geriatric visit. What sort of following does she have? Who's, I mean, is, is there a lot of interaction coming on there? Is there a circle of friends on Twitter? We have, I've honestly made some of my closest friends through Julie's Twitter. Um, so I've been doing her Twitter account for maybe two or three years now. Um, and I've got, I've got a few really close friends that I've made through Julie interacting with their cat's Twitter accounts. Um, so Kira, who I mentioned earlier, is one. Um, her cat is Coke Zero. Um, when the, there's actually, there's a group of four of us, it's Coke Zero's mom, Sarge's mom and Pancake's, uh, sister. We, and we are like really close friends as ourselves are our own personalities. Um, in addition to the fact that our cats are close friends. But friends on online, they've not met in real life. We've not, we've not met in real life. So we, we live, three of us are in the United States, um, and, and, and one in which, Australia. Which I'm told is quite big the united states is very big lots of geographic area so even if you you meet people who live in your country they could be like a six-hour plane ride away um so i'm in massachusetts which is all the way in like one of the top corners pretty much um it's it's in the northeast and then you know we have you know a, a whole bunch of other regions that are it's honestly it, the united states is it could be a bunch of separate countries probably um it's that much land area and the regional the regional differences are you know as as i'm sure you know 
pretty noticeable sometimes. Yet you still made these connections over such a great distance. Yeah, even with our, our international friends too. Like it, it almost, the internet helps you, I think in a lot of ways, connect with people you'd never have the chance to meet. Um, and it's, it's made me a lot happier since I've made, made these connections. And how much of that has helped Julie's life, do you think? I don't know if Julie really is aware of what goes on. <laughs> I tell her that she has her friends who love her um, and her, her internet buddies. And she, we do, we're very fortunate to receive, um, sometimes people will send us cards or presents. Um, she's worked with a brand before on, on a deal. Um, so she does, she, she reaps the benefits. She gets special treats. She has a nice special bed that she received um, and stuff like that. But I, I wonder how much she really, I'm sure she doesn't really understand. I've got a bed. Great. Okay. There we go. Yeah. She, well, she's so. Here's the thing. She's never used it. She she is very particular about new things. Um. So she'll she'll probably use it in about a year. That's happened before, where I get her a nice new bed and she looks at it and she's like, "Okay, I've seen it. Thank you." And then about a year later, I'll catch her sitting in it for the first time. So you just have to leave it out and hope it sort of gets yep. acclimatized. <laughs> Leave it there. I've put some toys inside of it. Uh, I sprayed some catnip spray in it to see if it could entice her in. And now we wait. It's like set you set set this little trap, and uh, and now we wait. And wait, and wait, and wait, and probably will enjoy the box more than the actual cat bed. She does love a box, as most cats do. Um, her yeah, she's actually her her favorite toys. She has her favorite toys that she likes, but she she's crazy for a crumpled up piece of paper. Like that's her really favorite thing. It doesn't get much better than than that for her. She could play with it for like for 15, 20 minutes. But if I give her like one of the nice plush, plushy toys with catnip and, you know, I set out treats for her, she'll like bat it around and then kind of walk away. Um, she, she loves she loves the maybe it's the sound that the paper makes, like the crinkling or the texture or something. Yeah, but but she loves loves the box that the toys come in. Loves the paper, the packing paper that surrounds them when in shipping. So she's a simple girl. And she's a simple girl that you come home to every night while yeah. having been around so many other cats, so many other cat smells. How yeah. How react to that? Is that just, is, obviously used to it now. She never seems to notice. Um, so we do, you know, obviously, if you're, once you're finished interacting with an animal at work, you, you sanitize in the appropriate manner. And I wonder if that kind of takes away some of the smell. Um, but also in the office, like we have dogs, rats, mice, uh, guinea pigs, bunny rabbits, birds. Like she's, she is exposed to a lot of different types of species. Um, she never really seems to notice, like if I get home she's generally waiting for me at the door when I come home from work um and I bend down to pat her and she gives me a sniff and she's never really reacted in any sort of way um she's met dogs before she we we, she used to live with another cat um in her previous home and then um when I I used to live uh with a boyfriend that I had a few years ago and and we had two cats at the time um and so she's been around other animals plenty She's, she's not the biggest fan, I think, of other creatures. Um, she was never very close with the other cat um, that, that I had, uh, Birdie, who's a, a wonderful gray and white 
tuxedo pattern kitten. Um, well, she's not a kitten anymore. She's five now, but she's still a kitten to me. Um, they were never super close, but they definitely tolerated each other. So I think she's, Julie's just very relaxed, easygoing, kind of even keel. Nothing really upsets her, like even kind of construction noises, thunderstorms, like she doesn't seem to be put off by a whole lot. What about you? What's it like coming home to Julie? How do you split those two cat lives? So coming home to Julie really makes everything worth it. Um, so in my in my job currently at the animal shelter, I'm I'm in the, I'm in an office. I do like b- employee benefits and and computer computer tasks mostly. Um, so I go and see the animals on my lunch break and stuff like that. But I'm I'm not really in the thick of it like a lot of the shelter workers are. And I think that that does help me because I'm very emotional. I could be very emotionally kind of sensitive. Um, and I think seeing seeing animals in difficult circumstances uh, day in and day out is is emotionally, it's really, it's really taxing. Um, so for me to have that kind of barrier where I'm, I'm focused on the employees and um, hiring and recruiting and getting people enrolled in benefits like health insurances and stuff like that. Um, that helps me kind of put a mental gate in between some of the suffering. Um, and then when I come home to Julia, it just kind of makes me realize that those cats and, and all the other species that are in our care at the moment, they'll have that same adoptive home that, that Julie has. And they find all the love when they move out just to say as Julie and found all the love with you. Exactly. And that really makes me feel better. So, so we get, you know, we have notifications that go out through to the entire organization weekly, like which animals get adopted. And sometimes owners will be kind enough to provide us with updates. Like, it's been one week since I adopted Smokey the cat and uh, she's settling in really lovely and on things like that. Um, so that, that really makes it, makes it all worth it pretty much. And then you come home and you have success story, I suppose. You yeah. I have my own, my prime example of a, of an adoption success story right here when I come home every day. So. And you just sit it. there and just go, Oh, you're home. Okay, I'm yep. going back to sleep now. Yeah, so when I come home, she she hears my keys in the door. She comes over to the door the door down the hallway, um, and she waits for me. She says, every once in a while, she'll say, meow, you know, where have you been? Um, but sometimes, yeah, she just leads me back into the living room. Usually, we'll sit down on the couch together. That's kind of the first thing I do when I get home at night. Um, just pat her for a little while, tell her I missed her, tell her about my day, ask about her day. So... We have a nice little, we have a nice little relationship. Yeah. Um, so I live, I live by myself. So um, it makes it definitely feel less lonely. Well, it's been a delight to hear about Julie, July, Julie, Julie, Jules, <laughs> Jules, Jules, yeah. all of that. Any, anything that starts with a J, you can call her. She'll respond. Emma, it's been absolutely enthralling to hear how much Julie has made a difference with you and how much difference you've made to Julie's life. Thank you. I, it's something I'm very proud of is that I, I feel like I was able to help this this wonderful creature. As we hear, to hear the story, to hear the wonderfuls. Emma, thanks again for sharing the story of Julie with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. You've been listening to My Cat's Tale, a Spence Media production. Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstalepod.com and support us on Patreon.
the tale of Julie there, as told by Emma. Well, we're doing really well with the podcast. We're into double figures, mycatstailpod.com, if you want to share the link to our website around your friends, be they feline, human, or anything in between. And if you have been listening and you've been enjoying us, what really helps would leave us a review or a rating in those popular podcast services like Apple, Spotify, or Google. It lifts us up to the search rankings. It helps more people find us. It helps more cat's tales to be told out to the world. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.